Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everybody welcome to that's not metal your weekly look at all things rock metal punk and hardcore with myself bees him perrin hayish and him ryan defratus what's been going on this week anything exciting happened in your lockdown lives um us three having a chat about trivium is about as out of the ordinary as it got i was buzzing about that for about two hours after we recorded it it was so sick just going off about those records yeah did you go and listen to science in the snow again no not yet but i will <laughs> i will like seriously like i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna persist with it and see how it comes along anyway you can check out that trivium special at that's not metal.net you can also check out this week we're going to be reviewing music that we've missed uh including Dool, Jeff Rosenstock, Slow Bleed, and Rule Them All. There's your questions, and we start with some news. Perham, your favourite band are back. Idols have returned <laughs> with a new song called Mr. Motivator. Um, I this, this always feels like a prank that I'm not in on. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I do my best to not use the I word at all, right? Because I know idols has been a prickly subject. Not, like, more in our community than on this show, right? But when a man is just shouting about Joe, uh, Joe Calzaghe again and again as a breakdown, it really does feel like you lot are pulling my leg. <laughs> like, honestly, I swear, like, I, I don't believe that any of you like this and there's an elaborate hoax going on just to annoy me. But we've we've seen their fans now. We've seen their very middle-class gardens in, no, in, I th- in the I new think video. That, like, I, th- I think they are it's, out there. All, it's all a ruse. In fairness, one of those guys in the video is wearing a blood incantation hidden history of the human race shirt while, like, crab walking. So it's Not re- saving this, mate. Respect to that dude it. and explicitly that dude. Um, yeah. Aaron, help. I, I, I see... I haven't listened to Idols. Like, I haven't gone back Conor to Conor McGregor, Dave Benson Phillips. <laughs> I hadn't, uh, you know, I don't regularly spin that last record. So Sharon kind of, from Birds of a Feather. I've kind of <laughs> forgotten exactly what they sound like. Like, when, like, this song, I like the, I like the, mus- the musical basis of it. With the really kind of like, you know, angular, Rachel Adadaiji. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I like the basis of the song, and then the vocalist came in, and I'd 
forgotten precisely what he sounded like. And it was like, fuck me, that is silly, isn't it? I, just I just stringing I can't. famous people together. <laughs> I just can't, man. Like, and fair play, man. Like, I appreciate the passion for this band, and I know what it's like to really be passionate about about a band that everyone thinks that they're silly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't get it. Is there a record coming? I think this is the single from a record. Yeah. All right. Is it, it's not been announced yet, though. The album, right? Not to my knowledge. Okie dokie, well, something that has been announced is Jamie Lenman's going to have a mini-album out on September 25th. It's going to be called King of Clubs. He's released his first single from it, The Road to Riot, which is very, um, very normal for Jamie. Like, <laughs> I, I don't mean that as a, I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion at all. It's just, Jamie's done so much mad shit in recent years. Um, like... It's where this came as something of a shock that it has a groove and like it stays true to that groove pretty much from start to finish. And I know he's got that in his repertoire and I know this will fit brilliantly within the canvas of a record and I like it enough anyway. But yeah, I was quite... I love the fact that every time Jamie Lemon releases anything, my reaction is, I'm quite surprised that Jamie Lemon has done that. Like to scare yeah, well, what point do you stop being that? <laughs> yeah, like I wonder. Yeah, but it, it is always surprising. Like mm. it would be, it would be less surprising if he did something bonkers. Yeah, do you like, know what a, I mean? like like that. That's that's it, isn't it? It's almost more surprising Keeping that this isn't like a fucking Enya tribute record or something that's coming out. But like, yeah. yeah, I mean, even in his quotes that were like running with the news pieces on it, he was he was kind of very like, yeah, I don't know, this is a song that I wrote, didn't release, and I'm gonna release it. Um, people seem to like it when I played it live because it's a quite typical Jamie L- Lemon song, I guess. And it's like, man, he sounds really nonplussed about releasing a really, really, really good song. Like, obviously, it's just the way the quote reads or whatever. But it is all, <laughs> it is like the sort of the casualness with which Jamie Lemon can write really, really good songs. And like, obviously this feels, you know, it does feel more, I guess what you might have called traditional Jamie Lemon maybe three years ago, like right after Devolver. I guess. No, because even that was fucking weird, wasn't it? No, that's mad as well. Yeah, like, but... <laughs> I, I, th- I feel like this is the one of the closer to Rubin things that he's ever done. I know he don't like the R word being thrown about, but it's the, it's it's in his dna it's in mm. his as a songwriter and it's one of the one of the more um in that territory stuff he's done since being solo considering that it was like a part folk part white noise record to come out then devolver then the mad covers album like there's been plenty going on i don't know if this is common knowledge um because i haven't read any of the press for it but i did speak to jamie and he told me about this um i feel like michael cole on the wrestling i saw this person earlier and they said to me no they didn't but i did i spoke to jamie and he said that he went in to just do a single and just hit a streak and so a single turned into a mini album so i'm intrigued to hear how this fits in the framework of it perrin what are you saying about this yeah kind of similar i guess it was you know it's not quite as exuberant and just kind of like like overflowing with itself as Jamie Lemon's uh, material sometimes can be. It's a bit more downbeat, a little bit more kind of, you know, sneaky almost. It feels like it's like it's a song that yeah. creeps up on you a little bit, um, which is cool. It's like, it doesn't make it necessarily one of my, you know, favorite standout Jamie Lemon solo tracks, but it's a, uh, you know, like you, I'm interested to see what kind of where this fits in with everything else that might uh, be going on. 
a song like this, a song with a hanging groove like this, always fits better in the pri- in the framework of a giant hole. Mm. Like when you've got like just that groove. Not a, come on. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm For sorry. For fuck's sake, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we've got an episode title out of it. Cheers, mate. <laughs> what, like seven minutes in? Yeah, brilliant. Awkward Excellent, Photoshop, mate. though, isn't it? But yeah, anyway, that's what. Yeah, good luck with that, uh, Ryan's giant hole. But yes, it will fit better in the framework, and we'll find out when King of Clubs is released on September twenty fifth. We're not gonna twenty uh, fifth. We're not gonna touch Behemoth's new EP that's coming next week uh, because we'll review it next week. But it is two new re- two new unreleased songs and a cover of the Cures of Forest. Uh, Devil Driver have also announced that their new record is going to be a double album. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be out in October sorry did you listen to the single yeah it sounds really Gajira doesn't it yeah like yeah in that kind of it all hangs on what feels like a a one note on a string riff like the moving note feels very one note in the kind of way that and there's that like that tapping section at the end which is straight out of the like De Plantier playbook It's, it's literally like Devil Driver writing a Gajira song it's uncanny yeah, I mean, they were Lamb of God once upon a time, so they it were. makes sense <laughs> that they would be Gojira now. Um, but yeah, that's out on October 9th. The first song is out, as we mentioned. It's called Keep Away From Me. Trent Reznor. Oh, this was gutting. So there was going to be a tour. Um, and it was a place I've never been to here that sound and it sounds amazing. Like um, last year, Nine Inch Nails did a tour of intimate venues. I think it was last year. It all blows into one. Um, and... Uh, the production was amazing. It was really stark, mm. like, but stylish in that very Nine Inch Nails way. And it was going to be an extension of that. And it was going to be at a lodge park here. Um, what? But it is not. Yeah, man. September 25th, LA Lodge Park. I don't even know where that is. Um, but yeah, that got scrapped. But what we are going to get is brand new Nine Inch Nails album coming in 2021. He's been finishing off some scores as well, Trent has announced this week. Perrin, Matt Tuck says the bullet for my Valentine album is going to be brutal, very technical and the opposite of gravity. Is that the most sorry way of announcing (laughs) your new album? It Probably as close as he will get, considering he would never. I mean, not that artists should in general, but, you know, he certainly doesn't feel like the kind of person who would admit that uh they done goofed really so <laughs> yeah they done goofed yeah yeah that's that's the the nicest way of putting it. do you think that there is matt did a boopsie <laughs> do, do you think that like there is kind of redemption in the eyes of the general metal public at this point for bullet if it like let's say this record's really good is it is that enough I think, speaking as someone that was, like, I was their defender in the press through the Glory run, yeah. like, those first three records, like, I was, when people were, that they, like, they were a big band, but within the community of the press, there was not anyone willing to mm. go, I like Bullet, and I was more than happy to be that person, because I thought they were fucking great in those years, but I think part of the charm of Bullet for my Valentine, and we've been talking about Trivium, right? on the Trivium special mm-hmm. about Trivium's musical journey. And they've had moments where it looked like people were never going to be interested again and they've come back. I think where Bullet hit a snag on that is 
Trivium are still those three guys, right? Like yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. it's been a revolving drummer, but like Paolo, Corey, Matt, the core of of uh, Trivium is always up there whenever you see it on stage. And Bullet for My Valentine now um, have so, have a feel. That is, there's just too many of them have gone. It was fine when it was like Jamie from Revoca came in, uh, like it, it was a, it was like fine. But when it just when when fucking Moose left, I think Bullet lost something. Mm. They yeah. were Matt was the hardworking dude that was gonna make this band happen, right? And the one who takes it seriously and is is the Matt Tuck that that you kind of perceive him to be. And behind him, you had a a group of nutters from the valleys, right? (laughs) And and that was very charming as a package. Like, Matt had a talent and a drive, and they had bags of personality, and they felt like a gang. Padge and... Do you know what I mean? That uh, that, uh, that, uh, Jake, and uh, it was the... Jay was his name, and, and like, the four of them, like, had... Mm that yeah. feel and now there's now there's like two of them it feels less like that it's like queen is a good night out but it's not queen yeah i think that another part of it is that trivium um feel self-aware and like trivium know their ups and downs they they you know they have yeah. actually learned from their mistakes and they've taken things on board and been like okay we have you know discovered the kind of the perfect mix of elements and, and how we operate as people and that kind of thing and as much as and i, I don't want to discuss because I, I like bullet like bullet mm. when they're on it yeah. are a good band who i am like i would like bullet to be operating in a good state um but i do feel like they lack the same sense of self-awareness that trivium have that allows them to really you know hone in on the sweet spot when is fever 10 that's got to be coming up i think it might have already happened i think it might be in a couple months Has ago it? oh mate let me check uh, early, early 2010 is my memory for my Valentine discography albums 2010 yeah like a, like a couple of weeks ago why right yeah 27th of April why was there no song and dance about that weird because it's bullet anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah weird um, yeah. but yeah I I question that I question whether bullet have got another run in them but I think a lot of it comes down to Matt's taste and Matt's what he wants to write how he wants to write songs has changed over Mm. the years and that will change the sound of Bullet For My Valentine and you're either with it or you're not but like yeah I'm not sure I I doubt it is what is is the long winded way of answering (laughs) your your question because I'm incapable of just answering a question straight Um, Fear Factory are considering soul of a new machine anniversary set oh yes please Um, right so That's Not Metal.net is the place to go and get involved with That's Not Metal Premium a two part Trivium special is now up Uh, it was fucking brilliant we loved every second of it there's some great stories in there the David Draymond saga I was happy to compare Trivium to a story with Sir Christopher Lee Uh, I can't recommend it enough the next couple of bands it's all going to be band specials the next couple of things we do AFI up next Clutch after that, Mastodon after that, and Iron Maiden up after that. So there has never been a better time to subscribe. That's not metal.net is the place to go and check that out.
Okay, question time. First question this week comes from Nino Colosi asks, coming off the back of the Trivium specials, can you think of any bands that have really fallen off with their last album or two that you'd love to come back and smash with their next? Um, hmm... Who's uh, who? Who are you nodding about, Ryan? Well, Go years, for it, man. Well, like we've we've kind of oh, we've kind of yeah, touched indeed. on it. Like these Wonder Years records haven't been bad, but like the Wonder Years on form is a different gear to those records. Um, who hmm. else? Who else? Perrin, have you got anyone that's coming to mind? Yeah, I mean, an obvious one is always Kill Switch. Like I, I think I Atonement agree. is quite good, but like a real like a disarmed descent quality would be. Ooh. We outrageous. seem to be in the minority. Like a lot of people really like those yeah. last couple I th- of kill switch. Records. I think Atonement in particular is really good, like much better than Incarnate. Um but mm. like, you know, top draw kill switch would be like obviously incredible. Um another one is after doing them last week, is it would be great to have a really great anthrax record, wouldn't it? Like mm. I really like worship music and I think Four or Kings has has moments, but like a like Anthrax really fucking going for it would be I feel, you know, we've said it before about Megadeth as well, but I think I, I like Dystopia enough to not be like, oh, yeah. they've been in the shitter. Um, not, not necessarily about Anthrax either, but I like just Anthrax coming back with something really fucking great would be like a really nice surprise. I think yeah. also, also maybe like a Muse record that is good because it's legitimately fucking good and not because it's also yeah. mad. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, I, <coughs> I really like that Muse record, so I'm kind of exempt here. I like if I to- if totally I'm, if I'm doing my favourite Muse records, it might be on the po- it probably be on the podium. Like, I like it that much. Totally, but I'm I'm sure you like it in a different way to liking Absolution. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Yeah, yeah, really different. Um, I would like to see a brilliant new Skin Dread record. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be nice. I would like a brilliant new Rise Against record. Oh, fuck yeah. Me too. I would really like to like another Opeth record, because it's easy to forget. I I was, like, fucking so into Opeth once upon a time, and then they went a bit too cheese and wine for me. Um, the main one that stands out, though, and from what I hear from people I know that have actually heard it have said that it is really good, um, I think the Foo Fighters are long overdue something good. Wasting Light was mm. nine years ago now, I think I'm right in saying. Like, it's a long, long old time since mm. the Foo Fighters did something great. And I I haven't even liked a song on the last two Foo Fighters records, being honest, not one song. Um, so I am hoping that there will be a good resurgence from Dem Foos. Uh Let's see. Simon Thomas, our son's out. Who are you getting invite? Who's getting invited round for a socially distanced barbecue and pool party? Um, How big's your pool? Will Gould, Matt Skiba, and um, who's another spooky cunt? Uh, <laughs> Marilyn Manson. He might not show though. I'll be honest. <laughs> Schemes lost, and Will Gould will be there in heart. Well, yeah. well if, I'm, if I'm being honest, I would just say Creeper because I miss them. Yeah, the the idea of a socially distanced pool party in itself like is, is confusing me because you're sharing the water, isn't it? Yeah, no one what, can get volleyball? in the pool. Volleyball? 
put I, net up. Yeah, I guess. But... Yeah, but you're in the water sharing. Yeah, you're in the water. Sharing the water. Like, you can't take yeah, a bath with someone this who's is got this... leprosy and be fine. This is why I have literally only left my house to walk my dog for two months. I just can't be trusted. Yeah, I'll get in a <laughs> swimming pool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You would you're have been totally in that, right. that, like, VE Day conga line, wouldn't you? Yeah, don't, don't, don't die, Terry. Um... <laughs> Sam Aker says, "Are there any bands that you were you weren't a fan of when you heard them on record, but you got converted upon seeing them live? Who was the last band that did that for you?" Um, I think well, I think Behemoth went to a different level after Download. Yeah, just that that wasn't necessarily like a, oh, I doubted it, but it was definitely just kind of like, okay, this is this has more about it for me than I thought there was on record, and since then. Mm. Like doing doing the album around it, you know, it is a more engaging experience once you've had the full fucking blast in your face. I think. Yeah, is this it... was a couple of years ago, but I got more into Pup. Like I wasn't yeah. really fussed about Pup on record, and then seeing them, I was like, oh, okay, I, I understand this. Is it cheating to say "Profits of Rage"? Um, it like feels like it yeah it does i mean it does feel like i did think that the original material was better live the last one that did this for me is actually a band that have been around for fucking ages but because i i'm not interested i hadn't seen them but i saw them at a festival was eagles of death metal were a lot of fun like uh, really? i i have yeah, man, if they were on a festival bill and it was like be in the bar or go and watch Eagles of Death Metal, I would go and watch Eagles of Death Metal now every time. Fair. So, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good one. Good question, though, I have to say. All right, next one comes from Alistair Simpson, who says, of all the bands that have carried on with different vocalists to their originals, which are your favourites and which never worked for you? I like 5150 by Van Halen as much as I like Van Halen 1. And I don't care who hears it, all right? I do. I like (laughs) Sammy. Sammy Hagar, Van Halen is fucking all right in my book. I mean, the obvious answer is I, I love Brian Johnson. Like, Bon Scott's my man, obviously. Bon Scott is the hell is on fire and this is the band that are going to soundtrack the best night of drinking in that burning hell uh, is Bon Scott ACDC. But there's also You Shook Me All Night Long and Thunderstruck and Rock and Roll Train and fucking What Do You Do For Money, Honey? Like, all these songs that are Brian Johnson's standouts. I love Money Talks and shit like that from the 80s as well. So, um, pretty obvious answers, but those are the ones. And, uh, again, it feels like cheating, but Architects. Oh, yeah. 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 That must have. When was? Yeah. Sam is did, not the original vocalist in Architects. Is, was he on? Was he on all the albums, or was there a guy on like the first? One? I'm not sure if he did Ru- Nightmares and Ruin or not. Because I I'd completely forgotten that yeah. that was like the case. No. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember. So yeah, save my blushes. By talking <laughs> about yours. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess on a similar note for the obvious ones, you know, like always, you know, Bruce Dickinson, like people like mm-hmm. that, like. Um, well, that's debatable. Yeah, but well, that's for, for August, it, that's for the special. Yeah, but you know, Bruce Dickinson is is generally accepted to be quite good. Um, yeah, Paul <laughs> Diano's not bad, and the first two Iron Maiden albums don't sound dad rock. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> you like Kit? Shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair point, well made. Uh, one that I guess might be a little bit more seems to be split. Is I much prefer the current um, 
Blood Command vocalist to the ah. previous when they switched. Not that I dislike, but I think that the current, uh, I think, what's her name? Katrina? Is that her name? I can't remember. Yeah. Karina, yeah. maybe? Um, but yeah. I th- her vocally and kind of on stage, I think, was a, was a step up. And I love that last record as well. Um, I'm trying Hawks to think of Grindr. more for the ones that are like the other end of, like he said, the ones that you've never quite been able to get on board with. And I know yeah. that they've not, they've not released an album yet. It's just been like a couple of singles and stuff. And I've not seen them live. But I've there was when uh hacktivist changed lineup it kind of it felt mm. like with them always stalling momentum anyway it seemed like it definitely lost something the uh, the the fucking which have never worked for you is easy of mice and men yeah mm. just yeah, not I'd just that like when you have a frontman who's talismanic you can't just replace him with the bass player sorry like you can do something a bit more glamorous than that but i say this as a bass player you can't just go yeah the bassist is going to sing now and get away yeah. with it but didn't mallory knox do the same thing yeah i think it did yeah ryan um i mean you know rollins black black flag counts i guess um yep did have one in my head a second ago that's completely blanked on me I'll, I'll come back to it all right no problem but do keep thinking because yeah no, come back no i've now. i've completely blanked on that go on Alright, um, last one I guess we should do is uh, Ben Emery asks, "What cover of metal slash rock song by a your favourite cover by a, uh, of a metal slash rock song by a non-metal slash rock artist?" Hurt has to be high up there, right? Yeah, I mean that's the that would be the general consensus one. But people in pop music or or people in alternative music that have done good covers of more traditionally rock fare. It's not usually that way around. I'm thinking like yeah. all of the ones that are coming to mind are awful ones, like when All Saints did Under the Bridge. There's the, the Tori Amos, Rain in Blood. Yep. Is another pretty yeah. notable one, I guess. That's kind of on the, you know, the tear down underneath the hurt one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Miley, Miley Cyrus's Head Like a Hole for Black Mirror. Oh, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Miley Cyrus doing um, Androgynous by the Replacements as well is really cool. But, like, it, yeah, there aren't many actually good ones, are there? Yeah. It's... No, it's a hard, I mean, like, all that's coming to mind is that take that smells like teen spirit monstrosity. Oh, my like, God, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's lo- There's a couple like that. The, Madonna, Robbie, Willi- the Robbie Williams fucking um, Limp Biscuit cover. Yeah. Yeah. And Madonna playing guitar to Walk by Pantera. <laughs> like, um, there, there's been some mad. Pop music's off its tits. That's why I like it. <laughs> like, yeah. any, any replacement vocalists, right? Oh, yeah. Fucking, um, the one I was thinking of was that Fred in Taking Back Sunday was a very, very solid and underrated era of Taking Back Sunday. Like, yeah. like Adam and John is is the Taking Back Sunday, and I'm glad that that's what it went kind of eventually back to. But Louder Now is probably the best written record they've ever had in terms of, like... In in terms of pure just, like, wow, this is a different collection of songs to a lot of this Um, catalogue. Like, Tidal Wave might be pushing that for, like, the kind of most unique one, but I I did really like what Fred brought to it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that band rotated their second vocalist, what, every other record around that point, didn't they? Yeah. It definitely felt that way. So, 
There we go. That was your questions. Thank you for that. Join us in the That's Not Metal Focus group on Facebook. We're all in there talking about heavy metal all week long. There's like 1,200, 1,300 of you now. So, yeah, join us in there. And at Not Metal Pod is the place to get us on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, so there's no album club this week. But what there are is a bunch of uh, releases that we are going to talk about that we have missed on the show. Um, I've cheated a bit and picked two EPs. Uh, so let's go with your album first, Perrin. Um, it's by a band from Holland called Dool. This is their second album and it's called Summerland although um looking at their Facebook page they were pretty much like this feels more like our debut album like we we have put together the sounds that we're gonna explore moving forward um what what's Dool's deal Perrin yeah they are uh, a group of this band has a decent pedigree in kind of these kind of circles where uh, Have they ever had a Cockney man shout "Dool Watch" <laughs> at them? <laughs> I really hope that we get to a stage where we're heavily anticipating their next record for a period of years, just for that. Um, yeah, but they like uh, some of these musicians were playing in the Devil's Blood when that band. Oh were, no way! Yeah, um, I think their bassist used to be an aborted. So like, <laughs> um, that's far more weird. That is weird. Devil's yeah, Blood but, makes a bit of sense. Yeah, but I. Devil's Blood is obviously kind of the place where I would start the comparison. Um, not that I want to always place them in that band Shadow or anything, because they are, mm. you know, more of kind of their own thing. But um, Dual play, they exist in a kind of... Um, they're a weird band to try and put a label on, because it's kind of like dark, occult, classic rock, almost. Yeah. Like, it kind of, similarly to The Devil's Blood, it feels like it's got some of its roots in that kind of... 60s 70s occult rock scene that really kind of you know gained steam at kind of the beginning of the previous decade with bands like the devil's blood with bands like uh you know early ghost um mm. and and the kind of the stuff in that vein um ancient but, wisdom yeah like all those kind of bands um but dual have kind of it feels more you know i love those bands but it feels more grown up like it's not as openly like big fuzz guitar hail satan like uh, kind of schlocky. It's got a real class to it. Yeah, I, th- I also think that it's more palatable for people. Like, mm. uh, like if you like that occult rock, there is plenty here for you to sink your teeth into. Yeah. But if that is not your vibe exclusively, it doesn't define this album. Um, I There were two big things that stood out about it. I'll throw it to you, Ryan, in a second, actually. But firstly, it's interesting to hear Ghost have got so big that a band can openly rip off, like, a Ghost song that it is, like, front and centre, like it is on Be Your Sins, which is a Ghost song. It is. Like, I-, I wouldn't say they're ripping um, them off because they're, cause they're kind of bands who came up around the same time in regards to the pedigree. But But come on, man. That's the it's, riff itself. Yeah, like it the sounds actual, like Opus Eponymous. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ghost. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, um, Rayanne's vocal is really captivating, and it 
crosses two streams that on paper, especially for a, for a, for a female vocalist, like a female vocalist who to me sounds like a halfway house between Lane Staley's kind of wail and his sustain on his notes and that kind of thing with a touch of Geddy Lee without being <laughs> overly helium. There's a higher register that when going there, it's in that kind of ballpark. Those two things filtered through a female voice box is a really unique sound and is a re- it, it just makes this all the more involving because I am fucking in love with this record I've got to say Perrin yeah. uh, Ryan what are you saying about this yeah I think this is great too um, in terms of the vocalist like it took me a minute I'll be honest like those two vocalists you mentioned aren't aren't sort of my absolute favourites and there was one moment where it sounds suspiciously like an Anastasia chorus on um, Sulphur and Starlight but that's that that's that's a complete kind of like it's a great uh, chorus <laughs> you know yeah. it, that chorus is fucking wicked that, but but this is what i'm saying like it took a minute for that um vocal to grow on me but there's a weird kind of you know you talk about those two sounds in a blender and somehow the result is like despite being like i said quite high register it's also oddly kind of soulful for this kind of music mm. if that if that mm. makes sense um oh absolutely and in terms of you know just the textures that are on this record like I mean, Perrin, like, the, what, you know, one of the records where, where you'll bring it in and probably know that I'll like it more than the average thing that you might bring in when we get these weeks. But, like, that sort of proggy doominess that it can kind of go off into. And, like, they do really go off into it in some places. Like, the classic rock thing is the kind of sits at the core of everything. It's always going to come back to some sort of wicked chorus on almost every song here. Um, yeah. But do you think, can, I, can, I, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, there? go on. Perrin, Perrin, do you think that that is a big part of what's going on and what defines D- Dool's sound? Because to me, that the occulty stuff is like that that more esoteric sound and, and feeling like is very much a if you're if you're into it kind of thing, like much kind of what i was saying about power metal on the trivium special right like there's, there's a subsect of people that are heavily into this when i hear that like the from above like hook in wolf moon and things like mm. that i just think this has wings beyond i, I don't want basically i don't want to be using dual in the same breath as we do grave pleasures where we go where is everybody on this yeah because this has that level of my god that is it like i don't uh, yeah really 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 fucking great the music yeah. on this and the hooks and it's more than just uh, dark gothic evil yeah, I almost like, you know, when I was picking a record to bring in this week, I almost didn't pick this because I didn't want to sound like a broken record with the bands I'm referencing to be like, oh, yeah, this sound, this is gothy and it has bits that sound like In Solitude and The Devil's yeah. Blood and stuff like that. But then I went, fuck it, the quality's high enough and enough people will like it. Um, yeah. And I also I- think it's got more, when it's crossing, like, it made me feel on a guitar front, like that last Paul Bearer record where I was like, oh, man, like, yeah. You don't have to be into this stuff to appreciate these palatable Alice in Chains style guitars. And I feel similarly about every element of this record. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's also there in sheer sonic quality where this is such a lush record to the like, because it's not 
something else you know even though you you went straight to the song which has a big riff in be your sins it's not a riffy record it's not no not like that's you know it kind of it weirdly it kind of gets a little bit more heavy metal as it goes along with stuff like that but um most of this record is quite you know uh it can be sparse um like you know one probably my favorite song on it is the title track which has this really Mm. like it kind of washes over you in a really pretty and delicate way that's a little bit like an Alces track or something where then like the lift mm. in the chorus is fucking stunning um I, see I, I mentioned the occult rock thing because like i said i kind of when i i'd been following this band from the beginning because of their pedigree and bands like the devil's blood and stuff like that so that was kind of like my way in i guess but they it totally feels like um you know this is a band they are a regular on the kind of like you know the road burn circuit and that kind yeah. of area but it very much feels like you know if the right people were turned onto it because it is um in in the kind of there are a lot of it's weird because there are a lot of reference points here where you know we're talking about all these different influences there aren't any like noticeable influences on it that are like strictly modern and contemporary that would place it in the current space i mean you mentioned ghost Mm. but ghost are a like i said more peers of them than an influence and also a band who sound like the 1970s like (laughs) everything all of this does sonically is kind of you know rock music from the 60s through to the 90s i guess um Mm. but it's filtered in such a way that it has this really beautiful out of time kind of quality to it where like you know it doesn't sound retro in a way that a lot of those kind of uh you know earlier kind of occult rocky bands did and it Um, and it's it certainly doesn't sound like it's flirting with a a nostalgia market the way that some of those bands at times i get the impression it feels a little bit gimmicky like but not Mm. at all here it is it just that it just sounds that way yeah so what this to me it sounds like a bunch of people who have played in kind of you know around that scene um channeling a bunch of like you know just real like you know beautiful uh dark but not you know oppressively so like it's gloom but not in a like purely miserable kind of state it's a really beautiful record a lot of the time um with you know the, the, there are incredible you know uh, ryan was talking about the kind of some of the tangents they go on where it's quite a, you know it's nearly an hour long but there's enough diversity in in mm. what they do to you know uphold that where there are parts where like you know it's the way even the way it starts it's got this really like slow and kind of sultry like enticing you in kind of feel um there are parts like you know there's a song called god particle which has this kind of like dissonant really tightly wound odd time signature thing which is the exact kind of thing that's all over the arancy pazuzu record do you know that also reminded me of that's not down that road is black peaks the shifting yeah the shifting patterns of mm. chords and spiraling style riffing in amongst that rhythmic barrage like it really reminded me yeah. of the musical canvas of black peaks on god particle there are other parts where they have these kind of like you know they'll draw on these you know really kind of striking middle eastern tones and stuff like that There's like yeah tracks i think god particle is another one of those but you know there are yeah, other songs is. that do that as well um of songs like the title track and the last track which go to this super expansive sweeping like the way that last track you know rides into the sunset like there's a real majesty um mm. to that and, and it's also pristine it's really you know it's, it, can, it can be quite blissed out and hypnotic at times um and then really really you know uh it's catchy without being kind of obviously kind of uh striving for like you know mm. uh hit single status or something like that but it's just really really fucking 
incredibly written melodies and, and guitars and vocals and, and, and yeah all. it's funny to like i i can see why you dug it as well ryan because like bizarrely this morning i had surfer rosa by the pixies on mm. and something that i found relatable in the guitars between that and what's going on in Dool is it feels really organic but there's a, a wiry like a lot of these bands, when it comes to their musicality, are very po-faced and hit every note true yeah, yeah, and the yeah. rest of it. And there is a slightly devil-may-care, yeah, 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 yeah. like a certain ramshackle to the way the guitars interact on this record that is really charming. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you what, yeah. is, uh, it's they, they, last year they released an EP where they covered Love Like Blood by Killing Joke. Right, and that kind of guitar sound, that feel, like you know, you know, Killing yeah. Joke is expansive and interesting, but it's not like you know, Muso. Um, yeah, and that's a kind of a, a thing that you can see in the that kind of thing that you're saying. Yeah, and it, you know, it's weird for something to strike a balance really well between like looseness and progressive tendencies, because that often means that it's going to mm, yeah. veer off into fucking nothingness before yeah. you know what's hit you. But like, I think the thing that keeps me so interested in it is that like. As you were kind of saying, Perrin, the textures on this are so like luscious and dreamlike, and then you don't even notice them turning sinister. You're just mm. in a sort of oh wait, this part of the song is way different to where I just was, and like that ability to kind of suck you into an atmosphere so much you don't notice the atmosphere shifting is a really impressive part of making this not feel like an hour long record whatsoever. Um, yeah, like that misty eyed title track is properly oh. like in terms of scale, it's one of the more impressive things we've spoken about recently, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, this record's wicked. Like I put this on probably about half one in the morning last night, and it was the perfect time to be listening. Yeah, to just it like as drift well. off. Mate, oh, yeah. I tell you, like <clears throat> one of these days when I get fucking five seconds to myself in the next couple of days at the weekend, I am going to play this and the Elder record back to back, and I'm going to fucking float off into yeah. space. I, it's really like. I love hearing music that can draw on the past like this without, like you were saying, without being kind of a retro pastiche. Like, yeah. you know, we have, we've spoken sometimes about classic rock bands or bands trying to be glam or something, and it is very just like, you know, hell, like, yeah. we're, we're from the 70s, don't you know, even though we're like 20. Um, yeah. And it's just, it feels like playing dress up, and nothing about Duel does. Duel is just, it's really authentic. Mm. Yeah, I can't, I. This is a full house, and we all also think that the title track is the best song on it. It's fucking unbelievable. Eight and a half minute journey. Like, go with it. The band are dull. The album is Summerland. All right. Um, one of my EPs next, then. Hey, everyone. Would you like it if Power Trip sounded like nails? Right, cool. This band are called Slow Bleed, and they are... F- that is such a good... Slow bead and slow bleed and Mrs. Piss one week after another. <laughs> Those are two fantastic band names. You can keep cute is what we aim for. I want my band called Slow Bleed. Um, yeah, they're from Pomona in California. Um, and this this came to my attention about two months ago, and I've not stopped playing it since. Um that is exactly the way that I would describe how this sounds. Power trip style, like hardcore, but more thrash, like aggression with 
really fucking nasty guitar tone. Like, this is fight music. This is made for tiny venues where people stand on each other's fucking heads and go mental. Um, I'm kind of intrigued to see what you two make of this because I think there is bags of potential with this band and i should mention the ep is called never been worse and is the first thing that this band have ever put out yeah like people are gonna punch each other in the face at the new cross in to this band yes that's it (laughs) like totally that's it yeah the the, the echo plex here like the exact same thing yeah yeah outbreak festival or wherever your local sort of half basement is (laughs) (laughs) how i found how i found this band was when the sound and fury fest yeah, uh, lineup was announced. I went through checking bands out, and I came across this, and was like, "Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about." Uh, you mentioned the guitars being horrible. It's fucking ridiculous. Like the vocalist sounds like a pit bull. It's fucking <laughs> insane. He's so um, it, it's like the when um, can't remember his name, but when the guitarist in Knock Loose does vocals, and you just get like the counterpart is it, like to just this full like gurgling cartoon demon is what this yeah. reminded me of in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. fully out of the bowels of satan this one yeah and that's it like and, and i went through a cycle with it of going this is a bit ridiculous actually this is quite funny i like it to hmm, not sure about this to being totally fucking on board of it by the end of the record again like because i think it's because of the relentlessness of it like it doesn't um you know i think it's that sort of that power trip energy of it like black and power trip is absolutely kind of what this is essentially um and the energy of it makes that kind of delivery you don't get a second to really think about like you know the the sort of um the the, the sheer ridiculousness of the brutality on this you know it, it is that yeah. you know you know I, that I nails don't, thing. i don't i've got i don't mean to stop you but like this is not to dismiss the quality of this record like no. the second song on it in the night opens like fucking megadeth playing with entombed's fucking guitar tone yeah, and, but like, and for me, never been worse is the best song on it. Like the title track on this, like that, for, like the relentlessness that they come in with on that first verse, is again ridiculous. But it, w- the way that I'm saying ridiculous, I don't mean it in like a this is silly way. It's in the like yeah. laughing. It's not municipal. It's not municipal waste. No, it's like, but it's that you know you mentioned nails and the kind of that like laughing at the heaviness or like laughing at how fucking balls out. That, like that this is all over it but the thing on never never been worse like when they slow it down and go to that um the big fucking lumbering bridge that that's in that with and i i don't know the names of um the members of this band but they have a fucking shredder in their ranks somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah the lead, the lead guitar over that megadeth yeah. entombed riff that opens that second song is like every time it kicks in i've got this on all of my playlists now whenever that lead kicks in i'm just like yes brother yeah, the, the lead guitar is absolutely my favourite part. It's, again, just fucking balls out lead guitar playing. It is, you know, and that kind of, you know, we talk about the, the guitar solo. Like, a couple of years ago, it felt like, where were all the guitar solos? And it feels like we're talking about great lead guitarists. Yeah. Every other week this year. It's a good but, era for it, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, like no, good, completely. good guitar players as well. Not just like, oh, the return of the solo. Because I was, I'm very much of the opinion that, like, if your solo is just going to be pompous and not add to the song, leave it. But like, really fucking brilliant yeah. lead guitar players. All like the shop. point between slow bleed and dual, which won't be done all the time. But yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. Both uh, 
Perrin, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I enjoyed this quite a lot. I like the, um, you know, uh, with it being you know, a band called Slow Bleed that uh, you'd put forward and, and they had this kind of like, you know, I looked at the artwork and stuff. I was like, okay, I imagine this band are going to sit somewhere in the space between kind of like, you know, metal and hardcore as like a, a lot of kind of bands that we, we cover um, are. Mm. But this, like, the way, like the first 20 seconds of this, yeah, <laughs> how it has that, like, it's basically one note, but it is such a flurry of savagery around that. It's, it's you know, when Full of Hell just like fully turned into like a, a pile-up where it's just like I am being battered by so much right now. The first twenty seconds of it have that quality, and after that, the kind of like you immediately get one of those flurries of like eighties style lead guitars, and then a riff that is in that kind of like you know crossover thrash type space. And it wasn't ex- where I was expecting you know that intro um, to take me. Like, and, and it is it, while it is you know it certainly it does a thing it's got like you know each track has almost got its own different vibe in terms of riffing like you know that second track that you were talking about that ride stomp that opens it it reminds me of um uh the song disharmony by twitching tongues where it's just yeah. like no 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 like fully like yep. stomping um and I, I was looking at this is actually i think this was recorded and, and mixed by taylor young who is in nails and twitching tongues which is there why we go, then. It, it sounds like that um but there are parts like you know the last track um without pain has these kind of like, uh, you know, it's big obnoxious riffing, but it has these fun little kind of like timing quirks and bits on the end of phrases of riffs and stuff that remind me, again, it reminds me of something like, uh, something I reference all the time, which is the Remembrance Breakdown by Kajira and the way that mm. they kind of like, they lean into that kind of the angular nature of it. So there are parts but, of that in there. I mean, also on that Without Pain, the last song, on the minute mark, like they wholly nick, I think it's the domination Pantera breakdown. You know, like they wholesale steal it, but put a different tail on it and then go fucking flying off again. I'm so down around that exact same point. There's also a like a a mid tempo thrash riff that sounds a lot like Critical Mass by Nuclear Assault. Like, and there's a there we go. There's a death metal riff three minutes in that sounds like the death metal turns at Knocked Loose do. So. You know, it, it's constantly just battering you, and it's certainly, you know, uh, in terms of the tone it's taking on, it's pretty samey. But there's enough variation in riffing and kind of tempos and stuff. Like, it's a nice shifting up of tempos over the course of this, like, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is, with those yeah. really cool, just like purely metal as fuck guitars on it with a really evil tone. I'm telling you this for nothing, ladies and gents. This is the first four songs ever put out by this band. You are going to hear of Slow Bleed again. This band have got it, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Power Trip have just had the market for this stuff for a couple of years. And I've been Mm. thinking for ages, why is no one else doing this? And it's because it's really fucking hard to do that at that quality. Like, to, to be... To be spin kicky enough for the hardcore kids, but metal enough and like the right level of technicality and menace and all those things, like boiling it all up and getting that combination right is really fucking difficult. But this is the closest I've heard to it. Uh, it blows my mind that this is their first 15 minutes of music. Mm. Yeah, I think so, I, was, I was looking at the band camp and there was like three people who have bought the EP. Yeah, I mean, I don't there think is have a this. Facebook. I couldn't find one. Yeah, this band's <laughs> monthly listeners for if you do the quiz with us, like this band's monthly listeners is 142 people. But I'm telling you, 
this will not be undiscovered for long, especially not now my microphone's about to get bigger. So, yeah, Never Been Worse is the name of the EP, and it's by a band called Slow Bleed. Ryan has very thoughtfully picked an artist that I fucking hate. Ryan, the new album from... (laughs) I didn't even know... The thing is, I didn't even know he had a record out, because if I did, I'd have put it on the show, because I know the thing is... it, It surprise dropped yesterday. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I'm cheating a bit, bringing it on on a stuff we missed show, but also, how often am I going to get a chance to talk about Jefferson's talk? I w- I would always give you this because this is yeah. this is part of the intro to this. Jeff Rosenstock is a hero to people. I have seen it with my own two eyes. Right. I've like there were people that came to see Jeff Rosenstock open for the Menzingers out here and left after Jeff Rosenstock. Went yeah. absolutely bonkers for him and then left. It's like, hold on, they're really good. But even if you're not here for them, you should probably stick around for this. But like, Rose, Jeff Rosenstock ultras are Lazio hardcore. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, I, I'll, 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 from what my ears hear, and you can confirm this and run with it. Like, to me, Jeff Rosenstock feels like the way that I feel about Jamie Lenman. People from your scene feel about Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah, that's really fucking accurate, actually. Like, in terms of being from a cult band and everything else and being a completely, like, unpredictable songwriter post that... um, and and yeah, like that uh, the army of Jeff Rosenstock is really weird to me because I was never aware of it because you know the bomb music industry Jeff Rosenstock never really something you heard about in the UK like has never really made any waves. Bond music industry were really important to a very small amount of people on the east coast of America, and that was kind of about it. But like what like who music who music what do they sound like musically? Just so we can get a, an idea um, of what ballpark we're in. A folk ska punk band essentially gotcha. um right. that was a that was a collective of essentially everyone who's in jeff rosenstock's band plus um laura stevenson and a couple of other people who kind of tagged right. in and out and did whatever um like part of, like the the cult of jeff rosenstock is best explained there's a documentary called never get tired which is fucking incredible about the last days of bond the music industry and if you're kind of if you're if you are curious about why there is this kind of cult of rosenstock that's 100% the place to go for it. Um, but but yeah, you know, as, as we kind of come to this, like something that Jeff Rosenstock has kind of become is, I think if there is a weirdness scale in terms of contemporary punk, right? Let's say the Menzingers are like sitting dead on neutral, a normal punk rock band doing normal songs. Yeah. Pup are a little bit to the left of that. And, yeah. I f- and I think that Jeff Rosenstock is a fair few steps more to the left of Pup in terms of how off-kilter he try- he he will kind of make a lot of his songwriting. And I think the part of the reason why it becomes um, this kind of cult niche thing is that like a La Dispute or a fair few other bands, it's absolutely going to be a Marmite thing. I think the, the way that Jeff Rosenstock approaches melody and even song structure and just the complete kind of... ADD way of writing a song like there are transitions on this that you know there is there's there's a song on this um scram which has both a sort of prom night swing to it and a bigger day to remember mosh part in it and a blast beat 
like the electronic pulse that started that song for like the first 10 seconds of it sounds exactly like the intro to pussy by ramstein and i was very disappointed when that riff didn't come in but like it's <laughs> yeah 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 like again i mean when you talk about um you know we we speak about bands like um architects or trivium more recently getting to a point where it's hard to say you know who is this band influenced by at this point other than themselves like it is really hard to find someone that sounds like jeff rosenstock unless you're sort of looking for these very specific little touches the way that he is kind of um so you know what we say about the the, the ramones kind of nursery rhymes he does not, yeah he does not subscribe to that school of of melody do you know what i mean like he yeah. is very I, think he's, I find him quite like the, to give him like because this this is well not for me man like this is music for students to my ears um like uh, uh, nothing against students obviously but you know what i'm saying like this is proper people who live on pot noodles music um <laughs> uh, like i i terry hates crust punks pass it on <laughs> but what i am saying is that i find him very fearless as a songwriter like there's no zone he's not willing to go into. I was watching, like uh, I watched the the No Effects uh, decline with the orchestra parts mm. and all the rest of it in it. Uh, it was fucking brilliant, really, really good. But it reminds me a bit of Rosenstock in that you'll be you'll be halfway through this kind of kind of artsy folk punk song and suddenly there's a glockenspiel like do you know what i mean there's just nothing is off limits with rosenstock mm. yeah it's it's you know like in terms of the instrumentation and stuff i mean there's a lot of people who like jeff rosenstock also like stuff like the mountain goats and stuff like that that sit way outside of the stuff that we'll usually talk about yeah but that folk sensibility of like on every jeff rosenstock um release the one thing you're kind of guaranteed is that somewhere there'll be some sort of cutting dissection of the fucking state of the world around him essentially and this has that with no dream like i think he's really good at writing political folk punk songs too i think he's got a very um good like candid turn of phrase and but and by the time he gets to the kind of that not a dream not a dream um like blast the the level of ang like genuine anger that has built up in his voice i think like that's i think that's part of it for me is you know what you're saying about the fearlessness i don't even think it's a thing of fearlessness so much as this dude really does like fucking throw himself into the song that he's performing on like wh whether it's kind of you know this song opens with or this record sorry opens with uh like really kind of aggro skate punk song that he is fucking barking out a million words a minute over and then in what feels like it could be five or two tracks later like it's it switched to this really kind of tender and close like self-examination and it i think it's that kind of emotional and songwriting range that i i certainly click with and i like to get onto it as kind of as a jeff rosenstock fan like there are some of his best songs on this record, I think. Fame, um, if you're remotely interested in what I'm saying and not as glazed as and not as glazed over as I'm worried you might be. Um, no, fame... not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> like, like you're right in what you're saying. 
Yeah, well, like, like, like I heard a level of quality on this that I haven't heard from him previously, even if it's still well not for me. Yeah, and like, and the, the closing run, I think, is where that kind of comes. Fame, Honeymoon Ashtray, and Ohio Turnpike at the end in particular. Um, it's as close as he's ever come to going, fuck it, power pop, I think. Um, but the instrumental canvas kind of all over it is incredible. It has that sort of... Again, for someone who is so ramshackle and like will you know like in that same never get tired documentary you see this dude like playing drums on the table recording it and figuring out how to put that into the song that he's writing 10 minutes before going on stage because that's just like the process or whatever so you do get that everything and the kitchen sink feeling and it's not often that he has managed to create a sense of kind of grandeur in the way that he does in a higher turnpike turnpike to the point of it's it sort of has that i just want to sell out my funeral thing to it where it feels more majestic than that sort of song usually gets to be um yeah Mm. i'm fucking stoked on this album perrin be nice (laughs) well i mean i I wasn't going to be rude about it let's put it that way um this is like you this is not for me um i listened to it and it is very uh quintessentially of that kind of uh, there's a certain like i mean because i'm not so familiar with the kind of ins and outs of the scene i've kind of associated it with like the world of fest just because i know that's what kind of where ryan comes from when with a lot of these bands um but he'd be of, a god he'd be a god at fest presumably he is he, yeah, he absolutely you know. is like and he, yeah. he'll sort of fest will be he'll play a jeff rodenstock set he'll play an antartigo vespucci so like he's got about 17 different projects where all of them will sell out like their venue at fest like it, it, it is that deep and you're perfectly right to assume that that's kind of his domain yeah that, mm. that will jeff rosenstock's fest domain if you will is is kind of i guess just one of the areas of the world of punk that i gravitate the least to in regards to the you know the, the style of songwriting the tones that are used the general kind of sound of it um and that's you know when you take that which i'm not you know i like you know a, a more popular generally seen as like you know they fucking got it banned are someone like joyce manor who i don't like because it kind of sits in there a bit too close in that world for me so when you've got that with the really ramshackle um you know add kind of the parts of this feel like a pop record but all the songs are broken and someone's going over the entire (laughs) and i'm going like okay like you've broken these songs but sure um and that kind of quality does not work for me um there are there were parts of it where like you know um parts of it i worked better like there's a song called um the beauty of breathing which kind of has like a nice 1950s thing going on almost and there are parts where it kind of it settles into something i'm like yeah okay and there are other parts where because his delivery is so yelpy as well i'm just like oh shut up um like there's a song called oh crap where what should have been a slightly grating 15 second intro is actually half the song of just him on his own and it just needs to stop um but there are this is Perrin being nice, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I've got him more than I meant to. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, I mean, this is this is why people love him because there's not anyone else that we're going to be saying this about. Yeah, I, it's totally like you know that yeah. style. You know that very you know bizarre off the wall style of songwriting is something that I love in plenty of other artists who just the way they deliver and fit together the elements are more to my uh, my taste so i understand you know if, if you live in that kind of world of like you know fest punk and you are more inclined for something that is you know really just uh you know bizarre and, and limitless in that sense with again the kind of um 
folk singer-songwriter kind of uh, core at the centre of it. I understand it. Um, but for me, I find you know nothing really sticks and it sounds very messy and annoying a lot of the time. The album is called No Dream. He is Jeff Rosenstock and it is worth your time because you won't hear anything else like this like you'll except, know except dollar signs which you really like for some reason yeah i do i think dollar <laughs> well i think i think the melodies are much better but i thought that this record has jeff rosenstock's best uh, best melodies on it mm. which is why you owe me a beer for being nice for 10 minutes right <laughs> uh the final thing that we are going to review this week is an ep uh that but actually both my eps came out last year this came out in december um that's by a band called rule them all uh the ep is called let me just remember what it's called <laughs> good start dreams about um yeah uh i feel like both of my records to a certain extent are like i like power trip i would like more that sounds like that because there isn't much like it and on this one i've gone i like turnstile i don't <laughs> yeah. feel like there is much else like it i wish there was more like it here's a band that is um the first let me clarify how i feel about this first um because again this is a very new band They've got an EP that came out in 2018, and an e- and this is their second EP. Is that I think the first song on this is fucking wicked, and the rest of it is all right and has some pretty good moments on it. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, right. There we go. Then, <laughs> right. The first song on this is full blown. When we when everyone and their dog last week was what songs should be on the tony hawk's pro skater soundtrack i'll tell you what should be on the tony hawk pro skater soundtrack dreams about by rule them all um fucking brilliant that song isn't it yeah it's a lot of fun where you know you've mentioned um you said turnstile as your reference point which I, i i see that but for me there's also like turnstile because it has that very uh, you know, genre bleedy kind of spirit where there are like bits all over time and space that you wouldn't hear on an 80s hardcore record. That makes me liken it more to something like that Combos record, which has, you know, yeah. a similar kind of feel to it. This yeah. feels much more um, orthodox and traditional to me, where this made me think of 80s hardcore bands like Gorilla Biscuits. And yes, stuff like that, and, you know, exactly of, that. Lip, jump a little yeah. and bits of Sick of It All <laughs> and stuff like that, or H2O. Like, it's very, this is old school hardcore for people who like that style of hardcore and don't need all the extra bits that turnstile are throwing in there um and i think that for that reason when the songs are really really good like on dreams about it's fucking great where like um something else is because you know in recent years we're getting bands like turnstiles and stuff like that i'm i'm used to being i'm used to the vocal being a little bit more higher pitched so when this guy came in and it had more of that like low range kind of uh again more of a old school kind of like new york hardcore thing going on um with some really fun vocal inflections and stuff on that song in particular that make you know the vocal mel- uh, the vocal lines pop quite a bit um it's really fun and otherwise it's like you know it's never bad um but there are parts where it, because it is sits in a more traditional space when the songs aren't at the highest level it's you know it, it kind of falls into itself a little bit and because it's not like you know the most um you know compared to fucking slow bleed it's not like super hard aggressive ripping it's quite you know classic and quite posy um it, it falls into the background a little bit but when when you know the elements when they really get just the 
that style of songwriting right. Um, you know, there, there are a sense on this record where you, if you were to take these songs and, you know, lower the standards of recording, they could have come out in 1990 or something. Yeah, yeah I can hear that. But also, what's old is new again, right? And there's loads I'm not of those that's kind of criticism. It's just the, no, the no, no, I, no, I don't. No, totally. I don't yeah. take it as a criticism at all. I just mean that we can reference a lot of that stuff when we're talking about Turnstile because it's retro. But I, I, I agree. I think like Turnstile was way more interesting and way more current than this is. Uh, Ryan, how do you feel about this? This is a lot more like um, "Rock the Fuck On Forever" by Angel Dust, the album before. <laughs> Yeah, um, before the the last one where they got weird in terms of that's a great shout that like and I love it like I love that record I like a fair few things that come out of Flatspot at this point like a lot of it is is quite kind of I don't want to say like slacker hardcore whatever but there is such a relaxed kind of good vibes feel to this like not in the sort of you don't ever get the sort of the H2O kind of thing, but even on a song like um, I think is it Te- I think it's Teacher on this. Um, yeah, lyrically it has that like That's life lessonsy well, yeah. kind of like very DC thing of like mm. you know like eat your vegetables and go to bed on time <laughs> ki- ki- kind of hardcore where it's like oh man this is just so nice like this this is like everyone have a hug hardcore and it's it's just so fucking it's a fun ride the whole whole way through obviously yeah the the first it's not lacking it's not lacking its pace but it's pay when it's its turn of pace comes h2o is a great uh is a great shout for the Mm. kind of pace that it is yeah well that that's it because it's like it's, when I say like a days ago, I don't mean that it's kind of like downtrodden or anything like that at all. It is yeah. absolutely everything else we've been talking about. I just mean in the sense that it doesn't sound like they're sweating so much as smiling while doing it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it, totally. Yeah. Like it, like it doesn't feel like aggression. It feels like a good time. Um, and yeah, like I this after Rosenstock, this might be my second favorite thing this week. But I'm just a slut for this shit. Yeah, same. Like when that <laughs> when that first song, like it has that kind of chugging four four feel to it. When it goes double time and goes full blown skate punk on the drums, yeah. like that ain't nothing new, right? But it feels good and it's executed fucking brilliantly. I again for for a band on their second EP, the first song on this suggests to me that there's more to come from Rule Them All. And what they was, are what we're saying. Sorry, they are from Long Island as well, so you're quite right to point yeah. out all of the New York bands. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice meeting point of the. It's it's sort of halfway DC and New York, isn't it? In yeah, sound. yeah. And obviously they are from New York, but you know it's got the the kind of spirit of some of that DC stuff with yeah, a little bit of that New York swagger in it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's wearing yeah. a backpack while doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's a Revolution Summer vocalist fronting a New York hardcore band, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, like that that's what that's what you've Bingo. got with it. But the thing is as well, like, is that it's never like overly po faced with it or anything. Like that you know, when I'm saying like life lessonsy, it doesn't ever feel like it's sort of preaching at you. It is properly like yeah. a your mate's put his arm around you to have a word. Yeah, nor is it the bane <laughs> like eat your vegetables or we'll fucking kill you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's I'm gonna kill this podcast right now because there's way too much talking about vegetables going on. <laughs> what is wrong with the pair of you? Right, so just to recap, uh, what a fucking brilliant 
like periods this is for rock music like all four of these records have their own charm right the dual record is fucking brilliant it's called summerland check it out um the slow bleed ep is fucking wonderful heavy <laughs> heavy nonsense uh the Jeff Rosenstock record will definitely give you things you haven't heard before. Challenges in a in a very unorthodox way. You're quite right to put to point out that it pulls from loads of stuff that is so far out of our usual walls. But it's definitely it's definitely punk rock, no matter what way you slice it up. And rule them all is some old school New York hardcore sounding goodness. So yeah, check all of those out. Join us in the That's Not Metal Focus group. That's Not Metal.net is the place to go and check out the Trivium specials that are out now. Again, AFI, Clutch, Mastodon, Iron Maiden in that order are our next albums. And uh, yeah, we will see you, uh, our next specials I should say, and we will see you next week. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.